Alright guys, welcome back to Seat Time. Brian Pierce here. We're having another fun interview, this time with Russell Bobbitt, the guy who's been racing Enduros longer than I think I actually knew how to ride a motorcycle, which would be never. But he's been doing it a really, really long time. Russell Bobbitt, how is your evening going tonight, sir? Uh, doing well. Just made it back into Dayton, Ohio tonight from Atlanta. And, uh, yep, doing good. No problems. Yeah? So what's that fun little contraption behind you? Is that a curtain in a van that you're hidden in? Or are you actually in somebody's house? What's going on back there? It looked a little creepy. I'm actually in the back of uh, Nick Farringer's van right now. Yes. But check out the view. Yes. <laughs> lot, lot All of right, men. It's, really, it's his parents' house. Are there yeah. a lot of men that are in the back of Nick Farringer's van? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, definitely his uh, kitchen, actually. So, All right, we'll go with the kitchen right. then. No, that's, that's the best answer. Okay, but one of the big things that's going on right now in the world is the Olympics. Now, Russell Bobbitt, you may be busy racing motorcycles, and that's okay, but these guys are some of the best athletes in the world. I do know that you consider yourself some of that as well. So have you been paying attention to the Olympics? Do you have any fan favorites or any sports that you pay attention to? Any of that jazz? Uh, yeah, actually, I've been watching a good bit so far this year. Um it's been pretty fun to actually watch the swimming stuff just because I got blown up so big over the last couple Olympics and um, watching Phelps and uh, Ryan Lockie, I guess, uh, battle it out a little bit. And I also just heard that a female may have broken all the records and uh, against males and everything on a world record in a swim. So I'd like to find out a little bit more about that. That'd be pretty cool. I Google it, but I'm interviewing you right now, so I won't be able to really be much help to you, but I know that you've got two little boys hanging out behind you somewhere that they could probably figure it out for you and let us know what it is. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I've been watching a lot of the swimming and the gymnastics and stuff like that, too. The gymnastics, I'm like, yeah, like they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff with their muscles that I'd never be able to do because I don't have any. But the, the swimming thing, I don't really know why that entertains me so much. It's, I kind of, I feel like they're all doing the same thing. It's just some of them are doing it better than others, but... I find it very entertaining. So. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever watch swimming in any other aspect of life ever for enjoyment. But at the Olympics, it's pretty cool just to see how close it is and you know how much time and effort that those athletes have put in training and all the hours of work to see it kind of pay off. Yeah. Well... Considering the fact that this is, you know, a world stage that they're all on right now, and they're there competing on, a, on that world stage yearly, it's just every four years they come to the Olympics. The Olympics of our sport, what we like to do for in, racing enduros, is actually happening this year, coming up in September in Germany. And from what I read on the internet, I haven't actually talked to you yet about it, but you're on the team. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. It'll be my second year on the trophy team so i'm really excited about our team this year too and going to germany i've never been there before so uh just real excited all around yeah that's got to be something that's really i mean looking at ter the terrain that's come out of uh past germany races uh past germany enduros it really looks like it's going to be a lot of fun i think you guys are going to have a good degree uh i've never been to an isde so i've heard that it's a little bit more uh, grass track oriented um, maybe not as technical, a lot of quick sections and stuff like that. So it may not get super, super technical, but I think the grass tracks over there are going to be a lot of fun. Are you, are you fairly good at a grass track? Uh, you know, I think I can make my way around a grass track pretty well. You know, definitely going to other six days in the past has changed a lot of the way I ride. And like all the grass tracks there, you know, that I've ridden, I've actually 
you know, riding the European lines and just checking it out and uh, makes you into a better rider, I think, going to this event. And I've learned a lot and kind of just carry that on each year and I've progressed, I think, every year. So looking to do well at any kind of grass track test there this year. Awesome. I was supposed to have, if I were to have made it, I am not going to, uh, to have a beer with Kirk Caselli at Oktoberfest after the race is over. I cannot do that now. Will you be able to at least have that one beer with him for me? Yeah, I'll be able to do that pint for you. I love it. Uh, it better be way <laughs> bigger. Uh, but so again, the thing is, is they're in. The, so we're going to talk about that as the world stage. Now bring it back to the national stage. The AMA actually voted you as the 2011 Athlete of the Year. AMA is the American Motorcycle Association. Uh, how was that for you? I mean, obviously that was the end of last year, but I don't think that we've really talked about it a lot, and we as in people and in our industry. So tell us how that was for you, and kind of you know what that meant. Uh, that was that was really a big surprise for me. You know, I was uh, just happy to be at the AMA Awards Banquet to receive the National Enduro Championship Award and I was sitting at a table full of all the other KTM riders that all had a very well distinguished awards for you know their own endeavors and uh, actually when they were calling out the nominees I was like I really thought that Kurt was going to win it just because he had a stellar year with six days, Heron Hound, and, uh, <laughs> and all that other junk. I think it works. So I, mean, I don't know. He had a lot of good stuff going on. I was like, you know, I was just, uh, I was really excited and pumped when they actually called my name and just uh, wasn't expecting it at all. But it was really cool. And I definitely felt like I did work hard to make back the ground that I did and to uh, achieve what I did that year. Yeah. And it was one of those things where in 2010, it's not that in the national enduros it's not that nobody thought that you could win it's just that you did seem to have a little bit of inconsistency so i think put your head down whatever you did to to kind of round it all out you had a stellar year in 2011 when you you know won back the national enduro championship um, and i really think that that played a big part of it but you've done so well with a lot of other riders you're you know People love to talk to you. You're a good advocate and uh, you know person for the sport. So I have a feeling that probably played a big part. You know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like to think so. I've you know I've met a lot of people and racing and you know learned that you know you definitely don't want to burn any kind of bridges in our industry. You know, it's, everyone you know ends up meeting each other and it's, it's just a small world and there's. Uh, I'd like to make a good impact on anyone I meet and uh, just kind of enjoy it and have the best things work out the way I can. Yeah, I'll, I'll always take any advice you ever have for me. So anything you think <laughs> I'm doing wrong, you just tell me. It doesn't have to be with riding. Just living life, you know? Make it interesting. We'll probably take that hot dog off your seat. Uh, that'll oh, be a good starter. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's just one of those things, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Thanks. Thanks, for us. That was supposed to be between us. Now it's for the internet. <sighs> my, life, my life is now over. That's okay. I want to know more about the OMAs. You, you, we talked a little bit about this before we started the interview, that you have been competing in the OMAs, uh, all of the OMAs, this entire year. You had done some in the past, but this year you're contending the whole series. So tell us more. You know, I'm not from the Northeast. Tell us more about the OMA series just from your perspective as a pro rider, the terrain, the guys that are there, and uh, how the competition's been. Uh, my, my perspective of the OMAs is kind of, this is my first year doing this full series, and it's 
uh, my own. KTM is definitely helping me out with a great bike and uh, a way to get there. But, uh, you know, it was my decision to follow this series, and I don't have a mechanic there or anything that's paid for. I've had a buddy, you know, been around. The first half of the season was my friend uh, Andrew Marsh, and now my friend uh, Ozzy. Jeff Breko has been over doing a lot of help for me at the series. But, uh, you know, the biggest reason was that I wanted to do them was they're all new venues for me and, uh, you know, different, you know, competitive racing, you know, where we actually get a battle. Right. And, you know, there's a pair scramble format. So it's different from Enduros. And uh, it's been an awesome time so far this year. You know, they're really laid back races, good single track. Bill Gussie is the promoter. And it's like what he loves to do. I don't even know if he's making money doing it, but he really just, you know, out of his pocket, like wants to put on great racing, and uh, and he does that. You know, the races are an hour fifty plus a lap, generally around two and a half hours. You know, at the end of everything, and uh, the, it's killer. You know, the the turnout isn't near as big as the GNCC right now, but uh, I think that if actually more people came out and Roads more that they would really like them, and I think they could get hooked like I did. Cool. Well, you are tied in the points right now for second place with Nick Ferringer. So, what is it going to take to beat the blonde off of that kid's head? <laughs> Be the blonde off Nick's head? Yeah. <laughs> uh, really, that's not uh, not even what we're I'm trying to do. Really, we're just trying to dethrone Paul Whibley right now. You know, he's won them all. Yeah, when are you and, guys going to do that? You know, that I've is a had a question. couple. Yeah, I've had a couple close run-ins with him. You know, like there at the at the end of the races, but you know he's been a tough competitor this year, and uh, you know that's right now we got to knock him down and uh, just doing what we can to you know get closer each weekend to be able to be on that top spot again. Well, you guys certainly did a very. Uh, you gave it a hard effort at the last OMA, especially you with that amazing hole shot. That was such a great video. I'm so glad that somebody got that. And then this picture right after you guys came around the right-hand turn, and you're just like brapping over that little double or tabletop. Oh, that was sick, dude. So good on you. Looked awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you know. That's about, that's one of the, you know, my favorite parts of the whole air scramble race is doing the start. Really? See, that's the part oh, yeah. that scares DSCs, the crap out of me. Whatever. <laughs> that engine starts. I love that. Nice. Well, yeah. Again, you can teach me how to do those anytime. I will listen <laughs> and learn. All right. On to some of the stuff about the national enduros. Now, I'm not going to pick on you. You're you're a decent friend of mine in the industry, but at the same time, you have had an up and down year, and the enduros this year. You had such a commanding uh, win last year. What has, has there been anything specific that's kind of you know, that's, that's brought upon, you know, your your inconsistency, um, to say it. Um, you know, two seconds are your best, and then you've had a seventh at the Rattlesnake. So, you know, take us through the year a little bit and just kind of tell us what's been going on in your head. Yeah, I mean, you've definitely hit the, you know, nail on the head there, up and down. It's, uh, you started out really rough at the beginning of this year, you know, because I just, like, gotten over or just really coming back from an injury where I broke my right wrist and my right collarbone and really I was just coming into the season like under trained and also just really didn't have the time on the new bike with the you know new chassis and linkage and suspension testing you know I was trying to test at like let's say 60% of my full race speed so 
you know, when we get to the race and I'm actually first time like really, you know, trying to go all out again, my hands going to sleep and my suspension's off and, you know, it, it, it was just kind of like that up and down the first few races and, um, you know, I felt like we were making, you know, improving, you know, week, week after week, you know, making further steps forward, you know, the bike was getting better, I was getting better and, uh, you know, we, I think my best result has been Wyoming, I would consider that's my best result this year in the Enduro, it was second, you know, 10, 15 seconds off of the win, so I felt like we were back good there, and then coming into just this last weekend, uh, Pennsylvania, I felt good that we did testing, and, um, you know, I struggled there at this that round last year with a fifth, and so I knew I needed to, like, have a good setup and everything, and, you know, I thought, I thought we were on, I thought, you know, point on, we got there early, did testing road, uh, Andrew Dewan had a little test loop set up, and shoot, it just did not click for me that day, I, I really, I was searching, you know, within myself, like, well, what is going on here, like, uh, where, where is the pace, you know, and we weren't, we didn't have the results that we were normally getting from Melissa, or from the prom promoters to see, like, where we were standing, mm -hmm. but, I felt like I was just struggling, like on the slick terrain. It rained a lot the night before, and it was just off um, all day. I just couldn't find that pace that the other guys were riding, and you know it wasn't very. I don't feel like that was characteristic of me. It just, uh, um, I really, yeah, like I said, it's I'm not. I don't have a perfect answer to say why right. I got seventh. <laughs> It just what it just uh yeah rough day yeah I don't think I think you're you even said it right there there's no right answer uh, or real answer to like why you might have gotten seventh I think but the real question is what do you think you're gonna do between now and September for the next round I mean how do you how do you judge that and how do you approach that situation yeah well I mean it's definitely uh you know disappointing for me to have a finish like that you know I still I don't give up. For a championship championship chase until you know the end of the final round and still not you know we're obviously far down in points right now but you know I don't I don't give up for any reason for that so it's just a matter of you know you know I talked with the team and we're gonna we figured out kind of you know what we thought I did wrong and what could have been better and just work to improve on each thing you know we break it down and uh, you know I think one of the main things is just really consider what the condition will be like in the next round. Find something similar, and you know, I'm not doing any drastic changes because my speed is there. I know I have the speed to run that at the front of the pack, and you know, we've been uh, training good. I I think that was, I just rode the bike wrong for the conditions, hmm. and uh, just really need to figure out, you know to set up my bike and, you know, myself for riding the way I need to for that next terrain. Perfect answer. And we're going to look forward to seeing how your results come up because I know they're going to. So you mentioned the bike, the setup, the things that you do um, specific. All right. I saw that you made it to the KTM dealer show over in California and got to ride all of the new 2013 KTMs. 
So we wanted to get your opinion on uh, on the new bikes. Obviously, you're a KTM rider. We, you know, some people are going to be like, "Oh, he rides for KTM," but I think at the same time, you have a really good take on it because you're a big two-stroke guy. So we wanted to know some of your opinions on some of the four-stroke bikes, and then maybe walking away, like what your favorite bike on the weekend was. All right. Yeah. I mean, I rode probably 15 different models that day. You know, I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, you know, I am a huge two-stroke two-stroke guy, and I almost always ride the 150 the most at Dior shows. <laughs> that's just that's just what happens. I don't know. I Is it really it. that much fun to ride? Yeah, I mean, after uh, two years ago and uh, Red Bud, Mike Brown and I just got on 150s and we we're just doing motos out there all day. So, and I came back and I bought a 150. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, um, so I love that bike. Whenever I go, just small and you know revving it out like crazy. And uh, but I also I really had to say that I rode the new 250 SX and that new motor and everything is really sweet it was probably the next fun bike i would say that i really enjoyed riding uh, i thought that it had way more power than last year's and the handling of it was pretty much the best out of any of the bikes that i rode just the way it kind of cornered and the power delivery was you know comfortable but yet powerful at the same time and uh 500 is always a beast and super fun. <laughs> that was the best on the off-road loop. And uh, when Caleb and I went kind of play riding around on some other stuff, I really enjoyed riding the new 450. You know, and that's got the dungy frame, and uh, that motor is pretty killer. It's it's really fun to ride, really torquey and smooth, and uh, it's one of the best motors I've ever ridden. Huh. That's cool, man. Uh, I was trying to make it out there with Brian's story from SMS Racing. Uh, he was going to have me be his media guy. Um, I don't know. I, I guess no one would actually believe that, so it didn't work out. But, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, I, I hope that at some point I can kind of, uh, you know, finagle my way into one of those things because if nothing else, it'd just be cool to hang out with all you really uh, fast guys and high-five people as they go by. So I think it'd be interesting. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, you know, like, why not? <laughs> uh, I talked to a guy on our Facebook page. He was asking some questions about race diet. And I told him, I was like, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I was having the interview with you, and I'll go ahead and ask you some of those questions. He was interested coming, like, say, like the week before coming up to a big race, you know, if your diet changes or does your diet stay the same consistently throughout a month or, and then as well, like the day before and then morning of kind of how you change up your diet, if you change up your diet, if there's anything very specific that you concentrate on, things like that. So what do you got? Well, all right. Well, uh, I'd like to ask someone who knows a lot about that too because at the last <laughs> OMA, I had my own share of the problems after the race. I mean, I think everyone has kind of done it at one point or another, but like after you exert yourself completely and if you made something wrong, it shows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it showed the whole ride home. But, um, you know, what from what I'm taking from, you know, my bad experiences at races and my good ones is you need to definitely do pre-race kind of practice, you know, before you get to a race. You need to know what works for your body and what is comfortable during race situations. You know, I don't eat race day food during 
rest of the week, really, kind of right. deal. Um, uh, you know, basically, my main diet is, you know, what everyone kind of considers a healthy, well-rounded diet, you know, whole grains, vegetables, variety of meats, and, you know, I'm not a gluten-free guy or anything crazy like paleo. I don't do anything real out of <laughs> character, characteristic like that. It's just a basic, my parents fed me good food and I continue to eat good food on my own. But uh, before a race, you know, you know, good carbs and everything, uh, you know, night before I just, I like to have pasta dinners and that's yeah. what is tasty, easy for me to get down and, uh, you know, fuels your body up well. And race day has been something that I've been working with other people trying to figure out what uh, good ideas, what works for other people and, um, what is going to work for me and kind of for me I think simple simple is good uh, just oatmeal fruit for breakfast or bagel like whole grain bagel with peanut butter and uh, you'd be surprised like how not much food that you really need to eat before on race day yeah. a lot of people overeat and have trouble digesting and they eat lots of proteins and that is hard to digest and fiber and everything so um, really easily digestible and taking in carbohydrate kind of foods for race day and proper hydration you know that helps of course but uh, that's been I think where I'm going and what I'll be continuing to doing because I did not do that before the last <laughs> race. It did not work out well. So I'm going to be on a good oatmeal, fruit, you know, peanut butter, bread kind of race meal. And that, I mean, that's what you'll see me eating. Perfect. Well, there's a lot of good stuff there. I think it's one of the, it is one of those situations where everybody kind of hears all the same stuff and, but the, trying to really pinpoint it down to, to good foods and what you were saying about staying away from proteins because they're hard to digest on race day I think is actually something you don't really think about you know some people maybe like pull around beef jerky and stuff like that because beef jerky is a good snack but it's very hard to digest so I mean little things like that so that's smart good stuff I like it alright <laughs> Jeff Braco this guy has started to show up all over the place yeah I know I saw him and <laughs> We want to know more about this guy. Obviously, we know that he's been hanging out with you for a while because of the new movie, What Is, that you guys were kind of in a big section together, what you did with, uh, when we were on out somebody's land. I think he was still on the Kawasaki then. But uh, we could tell he had an accent. You like to make fun of him, talking about the bush and all that kinds of stuff. But we want to know more about this guy. This guy, we, we figured there's some good stories there. So anything you got, you don't have to make fun of him, but something entertaining would be preferable. <sighs> I mean, it, it's hard for me to, you know, talk about him without making fun of him, but uh, uh, he's been awesome to have around, you know, he, he just came back, he went home for a couple of weeks, and he basically blew all his money uh, <laughs> while he was here, so he had to go home and work a little bit so he could come back and blow some more money, so America should thank him for that, even though he has, uh, you know, he hates on Americans a lot, but that guy. it's all good fun. <laughs> uh and I guess, you know, I guess some of the best thing I could say is just been, a, been able to uh, traveling around with the guy. You know, we're, we're always kind of running into something funny, you know, convincing 
chicks at Hooters that he lived in a mud hut, and <laughs> that it's the size of Hooters, so uh, that'd be a pretty big mud hut, but, you know, they believed it, and, uh, you know, he doesn't, they don't have iPhones in Australia, you know, wow. he, he, was, he told people that, and, well, uh, you know, it ended up getting him a phone number, so it worked out pretty well. <laughs> But uh, I've definitely picked up a second language as uh, Australian. I'm pretty good at it now, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible, by the way. My mate over here doesn't really think I, I'm that great at it, but, uh, you know, it's a work in progress. Is it? Yeah, you're going to have to go hang out with Shane Watts a little bit more to get that stuff down. Oh, speaking of Shane Watts uh -oh. and Jeff Braco over here, we need to see, like kangaroo put their dukes up in a circle rut match off because he is the circle rut inventor oh you know? he's got his like name on he's like oh you know look up on google maps check out my circle on my plot at my farm and uh so you know he has like a million plus views on youtube so hmm. jeff Breaker, he's the one-handed guy doing the, all the circles you know so he can hit a circle right pretty good. Yeah. That's better than that. I, I just try to stand in the middle and not get hit. That's, that's unfortunately where my talent lies. It's, it's, it happens. Uh, we're actually thinking about making an Olympic ring circle right. Hey. Yeah. Are you going to paint them all different colors and stuff too? Yeah. And have jumps that go over the rings into other ruts. You know. You had me at ruts. I'm in. I think that sounds awesome. Are you going to put that on YouTube, or is he just going to complain about it and say somebody else invented it? Ooh, he's good at complaining. Yes. Yeah, he's good at complaining. But um, if I can get him out there with a shovel, yeah, we'll we'll get some Olympic, Olympic ring circle rights going. Yeah. Do Australians work? Do they do work? I mean, do they move around and stuff? He's a Tyler. He's a Tyler. So if my shower needs work, I know who to, to, to toss some coin to. Yeah, I think he's actually about to do Nick's uh, bathroom in here. So, as long as he doesn't break the toilet and have to fix the plumbing, because that would suck for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Awesome. Well, I appreciate y'all's time. This has been an interview on Seat Time. You guys can find all of our interviews on SeatTime.co. That is the website. Uh, Facebook, Facebook.com/SeatTime, and as well on Twitter, Twitter.com/SeatTime_underscore_co. This interview has been brought to you by Fly Racing. I sound like I'm doing a complete ad, and I am. It's flyracing.com. They just came out with their new 2013 line. Please go check it out, flyracing.com. Mr. Russell Bobbitt, do you have any ads, sponsors, friends, random women you want to talk about while it's your turn in the spotlight? Uh, no random women. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, definitely need to thank, you know, FMFKTM team. And uh, a lot of my, you know, personal sponsors that have really been doing a great job this year. Dunlop's came out, coming out with a new front tire that we just tested. It's Is it sick. called the Bobbit? Uh, no, you know, I wanted to have a dangerous FMF fight, but it hasn't come out yet. Oh, I would totally <laughs> buy one of those. All right, well, awesome. let's uh, <laughs> let's like hype it up, like Alessi or something. You say hype it up or pipe it's it the up? The hype of a pipe kind of deal. But anyway, yeah. Uh, City, Troy Lee helmets and Scott goggles, uh, you know, Rockwell watches, just uh, Thor. 
FMF. Yeah. yeah. I want to thank them a lot. I appreciate it. So it's good. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. I know that you probably got a couple people staring at you, laughing at you. That's okay. Hopefully, yeah. I they're, said they're trying to get me to thank my girlfriend, but uh, uh, she did just graduate school, so <laughs> pretty pretty proud of her. You got an internet high fiver? That's college. That's college. <laughs> oh, don't don't fall that far off the tree and go to all the way back to high school, Russ. <laughs> not. You're from Georgia, but come on. I mean, you got to step it up. At some point, your people are going to have to get out of the medieval ages. <laughs> right? Yeah. Same right. Bama. Come on. <laughs> That's true. You are better than Bama. All right. We appreciate your time. Hopefully, we get to do this again. I don't know if I'm going to make it to another National Enduro. I'm trying to do the whole Loretta Lynn Saturday race and then the National Enduro on Sunday at the end of the year. If nothing else, I think it'll be fun. So if we get to do that, hopefully, we'll get to do another interview. And this time, we can uh, get Nick Ferringer to run in at the end of it. All right. Yeah, sounds good, man. Not the worst time. You guys travel safely. Tell Nick and Jeff I said uh, what up or something that sounds more Australian. And I'll talk to you guys later, all right? Say, Mike. All right. <laughs> later, bloke. Remember to Cheers. enjoy a pie full of awesome. Hey, Mike. <laughs> later. See you guys. <laughs> later, dude.